right. Welcome everyone again to the most exciting electrical podcast that's out there. I don't know how many there are, but I'm going to say this one is it. We're going to continue our series on talking to people uh, that went to tech ed and talking about what they saw, all the knowledge they either got from there or what they didn't get from there and the stuff they already know. And uh, this is going to be a call-in show. We have a couple people here. Um, But we're going to start, you know, with a guy I know. He's great. Um, His name is Dan Messina. He's out of uh, our Renson House locations in the Kansas City area. But he works with, uh, will soon to be working with uh, Nebraska uh, locations, the CED locations there, and and all the Renson House locations in the Kansas, Missouri area. Uh, Formerly, or at least currently, uh, a drives solution consultant, uh, but transitioning into the new uh, services program we have uh, with the Industrial Solutions Network called AIM Services. Dan, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Justin. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm getting over a cold, though, um, but that's nothing new. I feel like I get colds all the time. Um, You, did you avoid the cold? I know it's the summer. I don't know why I have a cold right now, but I did. No, I've, I've avoided the cold season even this summer. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, um, thanks for joining me. Um, you were lucky enough to go to San Diego, right, to uh, Tech Ed? Yes, sir. How was that? Let's just start off. Is Tech Ed, I hear, is just uh, a really cool conference where you know, a bunch of engineers all around the country, either between our, our, well, with our customers and us and our uh, suppliers that we deal with all get together and really, you know, kind of see some new nerdy stuff and learn how to do stuff that's like, you know, modernizing their plants. Is that what it is? It's all what it's cracked up to be? Well, yes, but I'll I'll correct you. It's actually engineers from all over the world. So it's kind of like going to Disney World. So, you know, you go to Disney World or you go to a major theme park and you hear accents from all over the world. Um, and so, you know, there's generally three, 4,000, you know, customers and, you know, end users, engineers within end users, uh, OEMs, systems integrators. Um, they're, they're from all over the place. They come in um, and we get an opportunity not only to, you're right, the, you know, look at the geeky stuff that, that, that Rockwell has. We have some hands-on training sessions. We have some informational training sessions. But more importantly, um, we get to share meals together. Um, we get to have some networking time together um, to understand. You know, I'm always very curious about how people you know, do best practices you know, in other countries. Um, you know, how do you apply the same kinds of products that we use in the U.S., in, in your, uh, you know, in your practices, you know, whatever your, your country's, you know, you know, uh, best practices are, um, or in your industry. Um, so I always find it very, very interesting. Um, I did, by the way, um, really enjoy the weather and I asked my boss for a 500% raise so I could stay, but I'm still waiting for an answer on that. (laughs) I also love the fact that only an engineer would call a engineering conference and compare it to uh, Disney World. <laughs> it, it it is um, it, for sure. I mean, you know, Rockwell Automation is 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 about, I mean, smart pieces and parts. But but they are pieces and parts, and so they're 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 little pieces that build a much bigger network 
that we call the connected enterprise, right? So, yeah. um, you know, all of us kind of have a specialty um, within the, the solution consultant network, but we all kind of bleed over into everybody else's territory. So it's really nice to be able to get everyone together and then have a readout afterwards. What did you see? What did you learn? What were you surprised by? What were you disappointed by? Because there's always those four things. That is a great segue, by the way, um, how this whole connected enterprise is. And in, in one of your past pieces of that connected enterprise, where do the drives fit in uh, to that connected enterprise? Well, so that's a great question. So, um, you know, a, a drive for many, many years, a variable frequency drive, was a means to spin a motor. You know, that's what we used them for. We, we hit start, they spin a motor at a certain speed or a varying speed, and, and we go from there. Um, as we have ventured with our controls uh, pieces like our, our, our control logics processors, um, our, our PLCs that actually instruct our devices what to do, we've put those on an Ethernet network. And now we have um, a, a lot more possibilities. Not only are we commanding our drives, to do what they need to do over Ethernet, over a network, but we're also gathering um, analytical data about what that connected load is doing. Um, so the drive isn't just a device anymore. It's a, it's a very, very smart connected piece of this whole connected enterprise. How is it smart? Expand on that. How is little. it smart? What do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, I, love, I love how you get so defensive at that. That's a true engineer right there. <laughs> Um, so again, uh, boil it down and a very, uh, a variable frequency drive is a means to spin a motor. There is within, um, within that drive, there is a microprocessor that is monitoring things like current, like voltage, um, like, you know, torque, those sorts of, of items that we can, um, take that data from the drive and we can actually predict when an application might fail. So in the old days, we used to do this thing called preventive maintenance, which was that arbitrary, you know, squirt grease on yeah, a bearing yeah. every six months because the manufacturer told us to, right? Yeah, yeah. But if we have real-time data from that drive that's collecting that, that information, sending it to our controller, and we can collect the data and understand that, hey, maybe that six months is 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 too long. Maybe we have to go, you know, a, a much shorter time interval when we do those sorts of preventive maintenance things, we get into um, a, a phenomenon that's called predictive maintenance. We are predicting when a failure is going to happen. The reason that's important is um, when a device fails, um, it might take our process or our whole plant down, depending on how critical that device is. Mm. If we can predict when it's going to fail, we can do the maintenance on it on our time instead of having it shut our plant down and then costing us even more money. So every so that's the modern trend right now in the in the manufacturing plan is every device trying to get data right um, is the drive the most Im most important piece of data or just important piece of data I, I wouldn't call it the most important piece but it, it is it, it is a, it is an, an important piece of this entire uh, network but you know there's there's the controller. There's you know all sorts of different items, Rockwell items that you can you know connect to that connected enterprise. Many things that I mean honestly are outside of my expertise because I'm a drive expert. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so other than data, or maybe that's what you saw at uh, TechEd, uh, what did you see at TechEd um, that's a new trend in drives? So there, there's, there's not a lot of, you know, other than the, the collecting of data and using for, for predictive analytics, which is, which is not necessarily a new field, but the way we're doing it is, is somewhat different. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time um, at sessions that were with Rockwell and Compass partners. So separate companies that have a partnership with Rockwell that, that build items that, that complement Rockwell products. Um, because there, there are a lot of companies out there that are developing um, you know, uh, solutions that, that Rockwell either doesn't do or doesn't do well, and they use you know, smaller companies that, that, that develop these solutions to, to complement their products. So I spent a lot of time with two different Encompass partners, PowerOM and Bonatron. And, and both these companies, um, in their own way, build um, what they call a dynamic braking resistor. Um, I'm not going to get into the physics of it, but um, sometimes we, for either for safety reasons or for process reasons, we have to stop a spinning motor or a spinning load extremely fast, much yeah. faster than the drive is capable of doing. So we use a dynamic braking resistor um, to do that. So I spent a lot of time talking to those folks about you know application techniques because it's it's very, very complicated to size a braking resistor. Yeah. So what are some of the applications that you need to do that with? Oh, anything that poses a safety hazard. Um, here, here's a great example. We do a lot, of, a lot of work with an amusement park in Kansas City called World of Fun. Um, I love that place, by the way. You guys work there? Yeah, all that stuff? I have so we, many childhood we, we, memories we there. Yeah, we, we supply some some equipment there. I, I certainly do. A little, uh, let me digress for a minute. When I was in the eighth grade, I uh, I shoveled snow so I could afford to buy a season passport so I could go to World of Fun all that year. It cost me $19.95. <laughs> I think it's telling me telling you how old I am. And now you're controlling um, the machines. But, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Full circle. So there's, there's a state regulation. Right, right. There's a state regulation that says that when the operator hits the stop button of an amusement ride, it has to stop in a certain certain time period. Um, the thing that we always have to worry about is inertia. Huh. Um, this body that's moving, you know, we, we have to control the mass of this, of this device. And when you're talking about, you know, a little fan, that's one thing. When you're talking about the octopus, right, at World of Fun, <laughs> not only do you have um, you know, the, the actual mass of steel, but every ride is different because there's a different weight and different number of people every ride. So we have to That's try to point. take those kinds of concepts into, into account because it's a variable. My gosh, I want to do a whole episode on like controlling amusement parts. I think that's something that every single person can like relate to and knowing like how that works. Oh, I think that's cool. I think that you and I should go to Kings Island and do some firsthand research. Yeah, can we do that? We need to make sure we go on every ride to know when on the ride it's going, how fast. So if it needs to stop, this is what needs to happen. Uh, we'll need to at least make I'm one run in. first and then we'll, then we'll take notes. I'm all in. Especially, have you ever been on that one that just go like the floor drops out? Do we control that? Mm. Like, what happens you if know, you stop that one? Anymore. Oh, what? That was like my. They took it out. That was like the ride where you had to prove how manly you are. 
about, well, I can go on that. No problem. I'm not, I'm not scared. That's the ride. And they got rid of it. Yeah, there was always some kid that would always throw up on himself. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> All, right. All right, segue out. Uh, um, <laughs> so another thing you talked about, too, from Tech Ed is, um, and moving forward, too, is like you're talking about the connected sort of plant. And part of that is like how things are connected is the network, right? And how do we get the IT and OT working together? Because that's a big uh, it's a, it, in the past, that's been tough to do. So you're talking to me before we got on the call here and, and how, what did you learn from tech ed about that? Or where do you see things going to make sure that, you know, we need to get everyone on the plant working because things are getting connected. You're absolutely right. That's, that, that's also a great segue into, uh, aim network assessment services, but, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so, you know, Ethernet networks are not new. You know, for, for business networks, they've been around for, for a number of years, right? Um, you know, it's, it's a fairly relatively new concept for industrial uh, devices, like controlling, you know, drives and, and I.O. networks over, uh, over Ethernet. Um, so, and a lot of the, the push towards Ethernet has really been pushed by manufacturers. Hey, look. I can be controlled over Ethernet, or I can control things over an Ethernet network, which has really pushed this kind of wedge in between the IT people within a, a, a plant who are responsible for the business network. They're responsible for you know computer virus protection and, and you know, your machine and everything that happens. And then you've got this control engineer who's also building an Ethernet network that that may or may not be connected to the business network. There's, huh. there's, this, there's always this argument about who owns what and what kind of security is in place, um, and, and they're all valid concerns. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, the, so we, I did attend a session that was specifically how to get our, our IT, our information technology, and our OT, who we call our plant for operational technology folks, talking um, to get them to come together at a table and say, listen, we're not enemies. Um, we're, we're all charged with doing something that's, that's important for this company. Um, so, so let's get together and understand what the risks are that we have to mitigate um, before we you know, jump to a conclusion and say your stuff is more important than my stuff and vice versa. Yeah, that's, uh, that's always a tricky conversation with humans, huh? Especially in the jobs. Well, so no, you're you're absolutely right because um, you know, especially if, if you're a manager of people, you're not necessarily a manager of people. You're a manager of personalities, huh. right? Yeah. Um, and 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 that's that's where you know this all gets jumbled up. Is you know we we have our you know, our human priorities and our our pride and our you know our training that says you know this is how we do things. Um, so. You, we had mentioned a little bit about AIM Services, which is a, a brand new piece of the Industrial Solutions Network by CED. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm actually in the process of transitioning from the power technical consultant within the Solution Consultants Network to a business development lead for uh, AIM Services. And one of our mandates is network assessments um, to, to help customers understand where their their industrial network is today, um, from an IT perspective, not from an OT perspective. So we've hired 
um, an, I, an IT uh, engineer on staff here in Kansas City um, to consult with our customers from an IT perspective. So it's not, you know, rock wall automation, the OT people coming in saying, yeah. IT people, you're doing it all wrong. Um, it's an IT guy that works for an OT company that, that helps drive that conversation. So before we go into like what a network assessment is, um, from your perspective, where is the common ground then between IT and OT? I think that that really all depends on um, what the customer is wanting to get out of their Ethernet network. Um, if it's solely about um, this is a standalone plant and we want to control our connected devices on the connected enterprise, um, that's one thing. The OT and IT can live separate but equal, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if there is um, possibly you've got a customer that has multiple sites that all have to be connected over the same network because they're you know, looking at key performance indicators or um, operating efficiencies or those things uh, from line to line to line at one location, um, then we have to consider that we're taking the OT network and crossing over to the IT network to the internet and then to a central location. So that's, that's where that conversation really needs to be had. Um, you know, and, and, and those, some of those concerns are not just about network speed, which is important, but it's also about network security. What if somebody hacked into my system because now I'm exposed in, to some degree on the internet? What if somebody gets in? What could they possibly do? And what are the implications for us business-wise and safety for our, for our employees? I'm just visualizing like having just a, you know, let's get some couches in the conference room. It's not, let's get rid of the conference table. Let's get some couches. And it's like, hey, guys and gals, let's just listen to each other. What are your, what are your you know, pain points and concerns? And then let's start from there, right? And just listen to each of us. I think that if there were a picture of Moscow mules nearby, that might facilitate the conversation as well. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, I think that would uh, every good conversation starts like that. Hopefully, it just uh, stays positive <laughs> throughout. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and to your point, um, the the idea is that we want to make this conversation non-threatening. It's it's not us as experts coming in to say you guys are doing this wrong. Um, it's, it's really asking questions to understand what the customer's goals are and how we all can improve. Yeah, I like that. That would be a good way to do it. Now, talking about how these manufacturing plants and people and systems can improve, that's what we're trying to figure out, right, with the network assessment, where they're at and uh, where they can go to make what they do better. Um, go into like what a network assessment is. Sure. So the standard network assessment that, that AIM Services offers is, um, is a service where we have an IT engineer um, from AIM Services sit down with the client, and um, we do a physical um, inspection of their network. Um, we look at how the network is built, um, we, we have a, a long conversation, literally a long conversation with the customer to build, um, you know, basically a questionnaire, you know, what, what are your practices? What are your security practices? Do you have a single switch vendor? Do you have, you know, what sort of cat five, cat six, whatever cable you use, how do you route your cable? 
you know, those, those sorts of things to get a better understanding of a, what is this customer's best practice or, or not best practice. Um, and, and also to, to give a, a good idea um, if, if a customer is having network issues, dropped packets, you know, you know speed problems, connection problems, this is a, a very basic survey, not necessarily to present a smoking gun to say, this is your problem, Mr. Customer, but hey, listen, looking at this as a whole network, these are all contributing factors which may, uh, which may cause network failures. Um, you know, as a standard network assessment, it is a, it, it, it's a very comprehensive survey, but I don't want to say it's a comprehensive network survey. There's a, there's a lot of information that we gather for this, but it is not necessarily a, like I said, this is a smoking gun. We might find it along the way. Um, we might find something that we say, hey, listen, you, you really need to address this because this is very likely, you know, whatever issue you've experienced, you're, you're experiencing. Um, we also have other services that we're in the process of designing um, that are far more comprehensive services where we would connect to your network. We would look at throughput speeds. We'd look at all those connected devices, understand if there's any bad actors out there um, and, and, and go from there. Those services are, are in development now. I mean, if I was a customer, do, do these customers like already know this stuff? Like, man, I know my physical network or my logical network is not up to speed. I get it. I just don't know what to do. I don't have time to deal with it. Is that, is that usually the case? Like they know what's going on. They know it's like, man, I know this isn't good enough. What do I do though? I mean, I don't have time to deal with it. There are three basic kinds of customers that are going to look at a basic type of survey like this. Um, I classify as customers who don't know what they don't know. Customers who exactly what you described were, I'm pretty sure that I have a problem, but I'm not sure you know, where I should go from here. And I know I have a problem, but I need a neutral third party to come in and write a report to give to my bosses so they can free up some money so I can get done what I need to get done. Ah. So you see, you see all three of those. It's kind of equal? or Absolutely. No, not equal. Um, I, I think that um, there are probably, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody on the broadcast, but there are probably four far more people who don't know what they don't know. They've literally just taken a controller and connected some devices together, and they just their, their plant grows and grows, and they just keep plugging stuff together until their network speed is, 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 is no good, and, and they can't get done what they need to get done. And they think it's a device problem and not understand that it's an infrastructure problem. Yeah, I don't think that's offensive at all. I think, I think there's a lot of customers out there that may uh, not know how many other customers are in their same position, right? Or they think they should know, but they don't. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's customers just wondering to know where they're at compared to other sort of peers in the industry. Right. Now, there, there are a couple of other customers that, that maybe you haven't thought of that might be able to um, benefit from the service. And this is an OEM or a systems integrator who might be doing business at, at a plant. So the, the, I've talked to several SIs and, and, and OEMs about this. And, and my point of view is this. So if, if you're an OEM, you're building, say, a machine or a system that's going to sit in a customer's facility. 
Um, if that customer is, you know, um, is, is um, on an Ethernet network, they may want to connect your machine to their network. But that network to you as an OEM or as an, as an SI is a complete variable. So do you want to hinge your perceived success or failure of your system on somebody else's completely unknown network? So the key is that we would be brought in as AIM services as a pre-sales engagement. You know, hey, listen, we're thinking about doing business with this company. We want to make sure that our stuff is going to work with their stuff. So please, you know, do this, the standard network assessment. Let's figure out what their best practices are so we don't have a failure because we, we've engineered our system and we know it works, but we don't necessarily know it works with their network. Good point. Good point. Good stuff. I have one last question for you, Dan. Um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, tell me in one word why a customer should do a network assessment. Only in one word. Okay, I'll You're give you. Me, I'll give you. I'll give you three. Three words. Oh, gee, you know I'm. I'm not sure I can do it in three words. Um, uh, you're killing me here. I All right, say, uh, six. <laughs> oh, okay, can we do nine? All right, nine. That better be exactly nine, though. Okay, so so three words. Okay. Um, safety, security, profitability. Ooh. Those are three good words for I mean, it. Three words, huge concepts. If you want to know more, call me. <laughs> You heard it there, uh, customers um, and employees. Like, hey, everyone here should uh, talk to Dan. They know they need to know the benefits of uh, what a network assessment is, uh, not only for the customers but for the overall manufacturing of a plant. So, uh, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to me, teach me about some drives and the whole network assessment. Um, you are an expert, positive guy. It and love having you on this podcast. Hey, thanks, Justin. I appreciate your time. Again, that's uh, Dan Messina. He is formerly the Drive Solution Consultant, now moving into really focusing on the network uh, assessment or all just AIM services with the Industrial Solutions Network. He is with our CED and Renson House locations in Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get uh, Alan Thompson on talk more about electrical automation process controls all of the sexy stuff with the electrical industry thanks dan we'll talk soon Justin Brunken again with the Connect Together podcast, where we talk, you know, about electrical controls, process, manufacturing, you know, making stuff. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have Alan Thompson from our Arkansas Keithley Patterson locations of the Industrial Solutions Network. Uh, Alan is a 
guy who is knows a little, or I'd say a lot, about a lot of different things. He's transitioning, I believe. I'll let him kind of tell what his title is, but he's kind of transitioning into our new services program called AIM Services. Uh, focuses on network, information, security, life in general. I don't know. I'll let him kind of go into it, but welcome, <laughs> Alan, to this humble podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Justin. Thanks. Glad to be here. So, yeah, you brought up uh, something interesting, the the AIM program and, and transitioning to that role. Uh, and I know you guys already talked about it quite a bit uh, on some other podcasts, but you know, my, my role within that group is a uh, business development manager. And we're, we're setting up some programs and services that we can uh, help our customers achieve their goals. We're, we're providing the delivery for some solutions that our customers are looking for to really help them get into uh, utilizing uh, what we call the connected enterprise, the, the convergence of the um, uh, IT space, right, information technology, and the operations technology, the OT space. And that's that's a lot of what I'll be working on. So there's a big focus on the network and, and how we utilize that out in the manufacturing space to, to help our customers get there to that goal. Yes, we had Dan Messina on talking a lot about network and network assessments. Where does where does the information and security fit in there? Uh, you know, it, it's really uh, an interesting conversation to have. Uh, part of that convergence of uh, the IT, the OT space that we talked about is um, basically we're taking information technology um, best practices and trying to apply those to the production floor where our customers are, are utilizing information that they're gathering from uh, their assets out on the production floor to help them make smarter or more intelligent uh, decisions uh, about their maintenance, uh, about their uh, production and their processes, uh, and about their business in general. And so a lot of that information is uh, very crucial. It's not only critical to the process, but it's also critical to uh, future business endeavors. And uh, so the customer has a need uh, to not only be able to gather that data, but also be able to gather that data uh, securely from multiple locations or even from within one uh, location. So we, you know, the customer doesn't want the secret sauce getting out in, in some cases, right? Yeah. And so if the secret sauce recipe is out on the production floor, uh, then we need to make sure we protect that. Is that where smart manufacturing comes from? The ability to make smarter decisions based on the information they have? I'm learning things today. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's a great analogy. Uh, it, it really is utilizing the data that uh, production assets out on the floor. We have a lot of processors, a lot of devices that are uh, much more intelligent, can gather a lot of information, and uh, that that information then is compiled and analyzed in such a way that. It helps managers, and, and whether it's in engineering or maintenance or production, uh, be able to look at how their machines are operating and 
really not only predict, but also uh, evaluate current situations uh, to see what can they do to improve on that overall performance. So, you know, the, there's always been the goal of reducing total operating costs, right? And there's some additional challenges that go along with that as, as we're introducing newer technology uh, into the workspace. We're also seeing uh, a lot of employees that are getting to that age of retirement. And uh, we're, we're seeing newer employees come in that really don't understand the older technology and are trying to utilize the newer technology uh, to help their businesses become more competitive in the marketplace. Yeah, and so, I'm curious. Yeah, the, yeah and I'm curious. Say, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, yes, that newer technology that's coming in from some of these uh, newer generations that, that are finding ways to manufacture, it is creating a smart manufacturing process, right? So we're, we're gathering more information about how things operate and what makes them operate so well. Or when they fail, what made them fail? So that we can set up uh, uh, a counter action to that, right? So how do we predict that? And how do we prevent it from happening in the future? Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you make it sound so simple that we get all this data from all this equipment and we use that to be like perfect our operations and, and plant. But is it? Because, <laughs> you know, me being in the marketing world too, I get a ton of data from everything I do and I feel like I barely use a, like, two percent of it to actually make smart decisions on what i do now in a manufacturing plant you probably get data from all this equipment like how how can we make it as simple as possible for someone to use it is it automatic is it manual tell me alan <laughs> so so it, it's a little bit of a, of a combination but it is becoming much more automatic so companies like Rockwell Automation and some of their partners uh, are actually developing um, processes that analyze the data uh, for our customers and provide that data to them in a useful format, right? So if we, if we start thinking about all the information that could be produced out on the, on the plant floor, what's the operating temperature for this machine or What's the vibration rate at, at this machine? What frequency is it operating at? Uh, how many cycles have we produced or, or has this uh, actuator ran right in the, in the past hour? Uh, it can be overwhelming, right? So, so we've uh, got customers or we got, we've got companies like Rockwell that are using that analytics, right? Or using that data to create analytics, right? So they're, piecing all that information into some algorithms and, and different programs, which then provide the end user with the information that they really need uh, dependent upon what they're trying to accomplish. So they're trying to accomplish a reduction in uh, unplanned downtime due to maintenance failures, right? Then there are certain attributes that they collect from that data pile and provide it to a customer in a uh, dashboard frame that makes it easy for them to understand. If they're looking at trying to improve overall equipment effectiveness by looking at throughput, then 
they can still collect that data um, and then they segment out what they don't need, right? And then it provides that information to the production managers in a way that makes sense to them so that they can make those decisions on what to do next or what to try or what to change. Yeah, so the past so, is the past is uh, automating your process. Now we are basically automating information to absolutely. then improve the automation process. Absolutely, right? So, uh, you know, that, that's, again, it goes back to one of the um, fundamental uh, pieces of uh, manufacturing operations. How do I reduce my total overall or my, my total cost of operation, right? And one of the things I want to do is I want to reduce scrap or I want to reduce the amount of unplanned downtime. I want to increase my availability. I want to increase my throughput or I want to increase quality. So there's a lot of data out there on the production floor that we can take and, and we can start to analyze and it helps give us the information uh, to make those kind of decisions on what needs to be done to make those improvements or to reduce uh, those unplanned downtime, right? And even on a bigger scale, uh, it helps companies uh, be able to analyze how they're operating as a whole and make decisions on, um, on a broader scale. You know, when is a good time for me to introduce a new product? Huh. How long is it going to take for me to introduce this new product, right? How fast am I going to be able to get that product to market so that they can take advantage of the opportunity and increase market share within that piece, right? So that data flows a lot of different ways, not just from the maintenance and engineering piece and the production piece, but actually up to the C-level officers, right, who are looking at their overall operations and trying to plan out four or five years down the road, can we do this? And when we do um, this function or when we do decide to, uh, to launch this product, will we be able to get or maximize the return on our investment to do so? Right? And so a lot of that information is actually coming up off the production floor. That's a great point. Um, I didn't even think about it like that because even like on the maintenance side or the, or the people that are trying to get some of this modernization stuff done uh, in their plants, some of this data they get from all this this process and machinery and equipment actually will give them sort of evidence and ammunition to get some of the capital projects done that they need to, right? Right, absolutely. So uh, I've had some discussions with some of our customers, you know, and, and the plant managers of some of these customers. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, they're looking at is, can I take on a, a new production or can I, do I have the ability uh, to make a new product that the company wants to launch, and will I be able to do it in a way that makes it successful for the company, right? Can I um, get a quick return on that investment? And, and how fast can we do that? So there's a lot of people don't realize that uh, plant managers and different operating managers, they're competing internally uh, to bring business in, you know, into their manufacturing facility. Right, so there there might be four or five, or maybe even a hundred other manufacturing facilities for that company, but uh, they want to they want to be able to bring that business to their uh, huh. plant, right, and support their people and their staff, and so that's that's one of the things that uh, from a larger scale view, 
right? As a C-level officer, okay, how do I know where to send this piece of business, right? We've yeah, got yeah. obligations uh, to our customers, and how are we going to be able to meet those obligations in a way that uh, not only meets the timeline and, and gets marketplace, but we're able to do it at the lowest cost possible. All right, now a poll question, Alan. How All many right. plants do you feel are even gathering the info they could in their manufacturing process, and how many are securing it? Just from your small pool of uh, <clears throat> manufacturing plants that you deal with in your area, what do you think? Right. doesn't have to be accurate. We're not going to hold you to this. <laughs> Nothing coming back to me on it, right? It doesn't so have to be exact. Gonna, gonna, which is not going to hold it against being an election <laughs> or anything, right? So, um, no, I, I would say it, it's somewhere between um, – well, let, let me put it this way. All of our customers are collecting some kind of data. Uh, whether they're doing it manually or automatically, they're always collecting some kind of data, right? Now, who are doing it the most efficiently and, and what percentage of our customers are actually utilizing uh, the technology to be able to um, collect this data and analyze it in a way that helps them improve their performance and be on top of their game and be most competitive in their markets? I, I'd say probably 15 to 20 percent. Wow. Right? So there's still a long ways to go. Uh, part of that is we're, we're, we're in a flux period where we still have a lot of uh, aged assets, right? They're long in the tooth. They, they, they're still functioning, but they don't have the ability to collect all the data that's needed to give management uh, the visibility that they desire uh, and that they need huh. in order to make some of those decisions. Uh, and in some of those cases, we're trying to figure out how do we help our customers modernize, right, so that they can take uh, advantage of those opportunities. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts that go with that. So not only do you uh, look at modernizing, uh, say, your uh, programmable controllers or your HMI uh, or your drive systems, but then there's the pieces that connect all that, and that's the networks. And so there's a lot of legacy networks that are still being utilized. And we've got the skills and we've got the ability to help our customers figure out a way to bridge some of that technology or bridge some of those legacy uh, networks and incorporate them into a modern Ethernet-based network, which uh, allows our customers to be able to utilize that network for not only controls information, but process information as well, right? So there's a lot of things that we could do with Ethernet that, that we couldn't do before, uh, and that's the limitation, right, that our customers have is the assets that they're using out on the plant floor. So that's a big part of our, our role within AIM is to help them identify uh, the, the opportunities, uh, let them, you know, understand what that leads them to, help them kind of see the big picture, and then help them map out a path to get from where they are now, current state, uh, to where they want to be, right? That's yep. going to help them meet their goals and help them be more competitive in the marketplace. That's good. One, one, thing, one thing I've always tried to emphatically let, let our, our customers know is that we've got a vested interest in them, right, as a company. I mean, Keithley Patterson CED as a whole, we need to help our customers uh, become more competitive in the marketplace and, and 
um, uh, stay on top of the game, if you would, right? Because if, if, if it wasn't for them, we, we wouldn't have a reason to be around. Yep. It is kind of like the like a chicken and the egg sort of problem, right? You gotta <laughs> you gotta have a lot of these uh, legacy products that don't give the data to give you the evidence and and ammo right. to get the new uh, modernized products. So how do we get them to get the chicken right? Start with right. The, what is that and, right? Yeah, and so there's and there's a lot of different things that we gotta look at, and, and I think <laughs> that's where that's where our our aim program uh, and our services come in to help understand, you know, we, we help the customers uh, understand where they are now, what's their position. Uh, we help them visualize what their goals are, right, and, and start to help build out that map for them, right? So some of our customers are uh, driven to modernization simply because uh, maybe the operating systems for that computer system aren't available anymore and uh, don't support new, um, new programming, right? So they're kind of forced into it from that perspective. Or maybe those obsolete uh, components uh, just aren't available. And so when those, uh, those products fail, those assets fail, they have no way to repair them. So, again, they're kind of forced into it. And that's really kind of a bad spot to be in. You, you, don't, want the, you don't want the migration um, coming up uh, simply because you had a failure, right? You want to be able to plan that migration and uh, start to plan for that and reduce uh, the unplanned downtime by mitigating the failures or mitigating the risks that come along with that. Yeah, good point. Now, you're just in sunny San Diego not too long ago for uh, TechEd, which an earlier guest called it the Disney World uh, for Engineers. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I can say that uh, or not. I'm sure Disney will come... uh, crawling and yelling at me but uh <laughs> you're just there learning all the stuff for uh engineers and i'm guessing this sort of topic came up so what did you find at tech ed that you know people may not be aware of or tell me something i don't know um which is wow. probably a lot by the way because i am not i am not a solution consultant no justin but uh whatever you say I, it's I, probably I, right <laughs> I, I could tell you uh, it's an exciting time uh, to be in this industry, right? And, and I think uh, for, for a long time, we've had a lot of, a lot of uh, difficulty in uh, getting folks interested in, to, in, in manufacturing as a whole because they still kind of viewed it as, as being, you know, dirty and grungy and, and uh, very manual. And uh, I'm going to tell you, that's certainly not the case, right? So, there's a lot of new technology. We looked at additive manufacturing processes uh, and 3D printing as a, as a portion of uh, manufacturing. And the technology and knowledge that goes into that is, uh, is brand new. It's, it's, it's cutting edge in a lot of ways, right? So, uh, so information technology is really becoming more and more uh, a part of the process technology, right, or, or production technology. Um, that's probably one of the biggest hurdles I, I've, I've had my customers tell me that they have is, you know, this convergence of information technology and operations technology, huh. right? So we've got a lot of engineers that are great. And they, they understand the process. They understand how to make a product or, or the manufacturing process. 
But when it comes to building out the infrastructure to support all that exchange of information, uh, they're, they're, they're not exactly sure how to do that, right? And they need some help and some guidance. And in the IT group, uh, whereas they're the ones you would normally go to and say, hey, well, this is an information technology uh, question, well, these guys are already strapped as it is, right? So they're working hard to ensure that the data uh, in the office area and uh, the data at corporate is, is safe and secure and is being accessed by the right people at the right time. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're dealing with uh, some limitations of their own. So they can't just say, sure, I'll, I'll come on out to the production floor and, and uh, help you set up a new infrastructure to support all that data exchange. Because uh, they, they don't have the resources for it either. either. So um, that's kind of an interesting uh, scenario. And what we've seen uh, as a result of that, uh, companies like Rockwell and Cisco and Panduit and, and, and many others are building tools that are uh, more uh, OT friendly, right? That still provides the IT um desired output, right, or desired outcome. So whether it's uh, securing the information and securing intellectual property out on the production floor or securing uh, information from uh, outside intrusion, uh, they're making it easier for operations engineers, process engineers to be able to deploy those kind of solutions out on the client floor, right, because ultimately they're the ones that are responsible for it or, yeah, yeah. or being asked to be responsible for it. Uh, that also comes into the analytics piece you know, I mentioned earlier. So uh, we, we've seen uh, Factory Talk Analytics, uh, and it's come out in a lot of different ways where we're looking at uh, analytics on the machine or analytics of a particular device, uh, analytics of the process as a whole. And by simply deploying uh, some simple uh, appliances and software, there's a lot of information that can come right back to the maintenance team, the engineering team, the production team uh, that helps them understand, you know, first of all, what assets do you have out on the plant for, right? And what state are they in, right? Are, are these assets, uh, you know, working properly? Are they not working properly? Are there any anomalies that they need to be aware of? And as those conditions change, notifications are being sent out and not just, you know, to one person, but uh, we, we're actually seeing through, uh, uh, software like Team One uh, from Rockwell, where it's actually being deployed out through mobile devices, right? So uh, using your cell phone or using your tablet, you can uh, work with a team, right, to be able to analyze situations as they change, right, out of the production floor. The information is instantaneous. It's, uh, it's a really interesting time uh, to be involved with manufacturing processes, so via mobile device, when is when is that year that the plant manager outfit is flip-flops in a bathing suit on a beach where that's all they have to do is manage the plant via phone? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, I actually know a couple of plant managers that you could say that they already do that. Right? <laughs> oh, no. I, was just, I was just joking. Uh, no, the, the, the technology is there. It's real. Uh, I've, I've visited with a couple of different uh, plant managers that uh, they travel a lot as a part of their business, right? So they're, 
um, talking with other with their own customers or they're or they're visiting other plants within their company and trying to share information. But um, uh, there was one uh, manufacturing plant manager for Rockwell who actually was showing me how she uses her uh, iWatch uh, to keep up with daily production, right? And if there's anything that goes on that's, uh, you know, uh, stops production or, or has created a problem, she gets notified right away uh, via her iWatch. And she can look at that data really quickly and decide whether or not she needs to make a phone call uh, and, and see how she can help resolve the issue or if it's being taken care of by somebody on her team. So she's always aware of everything that's going on uh, within her plant. So, and she travels a lot. So it's a great thing for her, right? She, she's got this uh, ability to check things remotely uh, via her iWatch or iPhone and see how operations are running. Next episode right. is how to deal with people on the plant for not getting upset with plant managers on the beach managing the plant from their <laughs> from their Apple so, Watch. So, like I said, maybe they're not on the beach all the time. But. <laughs> that's crazy. No, I, I mean for sure. That's there's there's definitely you know not being on the beach, but yeah, when you travel, I mean people that are that know the information that understand the plant have right. to be aware. Uh, at all times, yeah, they can't be in the plant all the time. So do, yeah, totally get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hyperbole right now, for I'm you. Working, yeah, and I'm working with an OEM right now, one of our key OEMs in our area, and and a system integrator um, who are looking for ways to be able to uh, constantly monitor the their machines right for their customers. So they're they're working on performance contracts where the customer is saying, hey. We want your machine to be able to operate 98% of the time, right? And we want to, we want you to help us ensure that it does. Well, if if that machine is 500 miles away from uh, where you made it, right? Uh, how do you do that? And so we're working with them and working with companies like Rockwell uh, and Cisco to uh, find solutions that we can monitor. Uh, the performance of that machine and feed that information back real time, right? And even give the OEM the ability to access that machine uh, in order to troubleshoot it and even uh, make changes that might be necessary uh, to improve the performance of that machine. So, yeah, it, it, it sounds like a very fanciful, uh, <laughs> you know, sci-fi, Star Trek kind of thing, but it's 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 here. Uh, and and so when I talked about our, our 15 to 20% of our customers that are, you know, really uh, grabbing that information, there's probably only 5% are, are using it in that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the ability is there, and it's, it's not so much cost prohibitive as it is just trying to knock down the barriers of change, right? Uh, everybody's resisting change, and, you know, you, you, if I was a, uh, uh, plant manager, I, I would be a little bit uh, hesitant to say, sure, go ahead and, and access, you know, any of my machines remotely uh, to support me. Uh, <laughs> obviously, there's a, there's a lot that has to go along with it. There's a lot of trust. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of vetting out that has to be done. Uh, but you know, there's there's some things that we, uh, we can do to help with that, right? So we help our customers, uh, the end users and the OEMs find the right equipment uh, that can help uh enable that trust 
right? And and utilize that technology in a way uh, that allows that customer to get the support they need uh, from their resources. Yeah, we're not so, a call. We're not a call-in show, but plant managers right? out there, let's not a uh, let's not just call in and say that we're telling you to you know, sit on a beach the whole time and, and you people on the plan four to get all mad at us, uh, whatever. But there's some amazing <laughs> positives on, right? on where this technology is going for sure. And, and you, Alan are out of Arkansas. So those are our Keith Lee Patterson locations of the industrial solutions network. And you guys have an event coming up that anyone for free can show up and learn about all this awesome stuff. What's that called? That's uh, Rockwell Automation on the Move, uh, affectionately referred to as Rayota. So, yes, in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, we will be hosting uh, Rockwell Automation on the Move. A lot of the technology that we talked about uh, today and things that I described, well, actually, uh, people will be able to see it in action. Uh, so we've got a lot of interesting stuff there. We've got an OEM who's going to have some, um, some of their equipment. Uh, machines that they make out on the floor and we'll be showing people how they use uh, some of the analytics and some of the software and and different programs like team one uh, to uh, run those machines right and how to operate those machines and improve the efficiency of those uh, those machines Uh, we're also going to have a lot of uh, engineers and and technical folks from uh, rockwell will be there uh, to provide hands-on training, as well as some technical seminars on uh, uh, the latest and, and greatest technology, right? As we uh, continue to see uh, our customers embrace this idea of the connected enterprise, this convergence of the IT and the uh, OT worlds. Uh, so it's, like you said, it's absolutely free. It's a two-day event. I uh, believe the dates are August 23rd and 24th, or 22nd and 23rd, I believe. 22nd and 23rd, yeah, that's a Wednesday and a Thursday. That's right. If you show up 23rd, you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. It's just we'll have to find something else uh, for the 24th. Hey, we'll but, still be uh, we'll it, still be around. We'll talk. We'll talk right. uh, if you want to be there the 24th. I'm sure we'll still talk about all this stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, and and uh, and for those who have never been to Little Rock uh, and me being a uh, native Arkansan, uh, having grown up in Little Rock, I, I will tell you. There are a lot of really interesting and neat things to do uh, in town. So it is slowly becoming a, uh, a vacation spot of sorts. All right. So there's a, there's a lot of interesting things to do uh, in the Little Rock area. And I'd be glad to show folks around if they like. Yeah, I've been to uh, many of the Rayodome or Rockwell Automation on the moves. And everyone is uh, just fantastic. Uh you know, just it's such an intimate sort of way to meet other peers in the market, to learn about stuff and just see what's new out there. Um, yeah, it's absolutely. I think, yeah, you you brought up a good point, right? Meeting the peers in the marketplace, and and one of the things that uh, we'll be doing, I, I think that's unique for this Rayotum is we're creating a, a leadership roundtable discussion, right? So we're going to have uh, some of the leaders from different manufacturing. Uh, customers in the little in the Arkansas area come together and uh, share some discussions on you know the trends that are going on in the industry right and how it's impacting their business and uh, so that that'll be an interesting uh, piece as well 
Yeah, so uh, Alan's going to be there. I'm going to be there, Alan. I don't know if you knew that. Right. Um, yep. I'll be there both days. I'll be doing some live podcasting, live videos. Alan's going to do some live experting, talking about stuff. I don't know if he's going to be in any sessions, but he's definitely going to be roaming around. Yeah. Uh, if you I'm going to be him. actually doing a couple tech sessions on uh, networks and uh, on security, and I'll also be... Uh, doing some uh, information, sharing some information about our AIM program, right, uh, and the services that we'll be providing to our customers. So Alan's going to be, all you have to do is just show up on the trade show floor, just yell Alan, and he'll drop everything he's doing. He'll come running and right, answer every question exactly right and, uh, and you know, <laughs> buy you dinner and, you know, a drink, whatever you prefer. Uh, that's a guarantee. Is that correct, Alan? That's going to happen 100%. It, right, right. And, and the 100th person <laughs> to give me a call, I've actually uh, got a, a special prize for that 100th person. There you go. It's a surprise, too. Um, it is a surprise, right? There you go. So you have to be the 100th person. Uh, we have three. I mean, we're estimating about 300 people. So look at one in three. That's all. You just got to yell Alan as loud as you can on the trade show floor, and he'll come running. You heard it here first and last. Um, thank you, Alan, um, for being on this, informing us about oh, information absolutely. security, uh, tech ed, uh, Ray Odom. And hopefully everyone that's listening to this, we hope, at least if you're in the Arkansas area, to uh, come to the Rockwell Automation on the Move and uh, meet us in person. And uh, we'll be probably talking again that day, Alan, uh, August 22nd and 23rd. Absolutely. Love to have you. Love to have you. Well, appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us on the Connect Together podcast with the Industrial Solutions Network. You, again, are from uh, Arkansas, like you said, beautiful Little Rock, um, the Keith Lee Patterson locations. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us again. This is Justin Brunken. And you can find this podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, it's called Connect Together by the Industrial Solutions Network. Uh, you can learn more about the Industrial Solutions Network at cedindustrialsolutions.com. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll have more and more of these podcasts as we go. Uh, some recorded, some live. Uh, like we said, at the Rockwell Automation at the move in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, until next time, we'll talk then. Thanks. Bye.